0: And now, live from Isolation Station in Burbank, California, it's The Plague, Week 20 of the Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend show. Tonight, Allison welcomes her guest. She's a comedian and writer who is in Almost Famous and hosts the popular podcast Sports Without Balls. It's Aaron Foley. And she's a comedian you know from Nikki and Sarah Live, whose new book Grand comes out on August 11th. It's Sarah Schaefer. Tone Zone is here to demand the Trump campaign stop using his song Quarantine more like quarantine at their rallies. I'm her husband, Daniels, saying hop inside the love buggy and say meet me to your new best friend, Allison Rosen.
1: Allison.
2: Hello, my little extra toasty Cheez-Its. Welcome to another episode of Alison Rosen is Your New Best Friend. That particular carbohydrate was sent in on Patreon Patreon by Alan White. I'm on Patreon, all sorts of fun stuff there. The video to this very episode that you're listening to right now, you can go see that there. And there's bonus episodes and blah, blah, blah. Patreon.com slash Alison Rosen. Very excited to welcome today's guest to the show, Sarah Schaefer. Hello. Hi. How are you? Are you in your crafting basement?
3: Oh, no. Um, this is a, an actual storage unit, um, underneath our stairs. Oh, wow. Uh, that has good acoustics. And then, um, my, I don't have a crafting basement. Please get it right. It's a craft nook. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh what like what size of the wait just in case someone's listening thinking like oh she's interviewing a craft expert i need to explain you're a comedian writer producer (laughs) um you have a book coming out which i just read it's called grand it's coming out august 11th i just like inhaled it in two days i need to ask you a lot of questions about it it's so good everyone go (laughs) is it available for pre-order Yes. It's available for pre-order now, right? So everyone go pre-order it. Um, but also, in addition to all that, you're very into crafts. You sell them yes. on Etsy. So please tell me about this Nook.
3: Oh, it's just a little cubby hole kind of thing in the end of a hallway. And we put up pegboard and it has hooks and little baskets for all my different supplies. It's just a dream. I just go in there and I go, what do I want to make today? And I just grab it off the wall.
2: I love it. Okay, we need to get into more of that. I also am very, very excited to see Aaron Foley. Hello. I have no crafting
1: skills whatsoever. I feel like I got to get on the ball.
2: How do you feel about like googly eyes or sequins? Terrible. Um,
1: <laughs> I I wouldn't know. I wouldn't. I mean, I enjoy looking at them, but like, <laughs> I, I I think I have still have like sixth grade sweats from art class like put on your smock and i want to start drinking like it's just some (laughs) terrible flashbacks
2: um now you're in a bedroom and you're are you in florida brag
1: (laughs) yeah listen some (laughs) stuff has happened i'm in my partner's mother's (laughs) condo in naples florida in the guest bedroom so i feel like pretty much killing it i feel like it's all it's coming together
2: yeah, I need to find out about the stuff that's happened. We need mm. to get. We have so much to get into. Tony, hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Now, we also have Tony news. Could you play a sound effect to indicate Tony news? Uh, Tony Thaxton.
0: I know that's used Perfect. for Jackie usually, but you know, seems seems relevant in this case.
2: <laughs> it seems appropriate. Now, while all of us are on hardcore. I'm just going to assume we're all on hardcore lockdown because I am. And that's what I'm I'm talking about when I say everyone. All of us are on hardcore lockdown. Tony, recently divorced Tony, who has talked about what he's been going through on the show, has gone out and begun to date someone, which to me is like, how do you do that while all of this is going on? And for the last many shows I've said, we might talk about that today because I want to ask. I, I want to hear about it, and then we don't. But we are going to today. Okay. Right. Right now.
0: Okay. <laughs> uh, How's
2: it fill us in?
0: Um. Yeah. So it's just. Uh. You know. It's. It's new. So I'm not gonna get like too. Too. Uh. Super into it. But uh, it's been really great so far. Uh. We. I really didn't know if there was a point in signing up for a dating app right now because it's such a weird time. And uh a friend encouraged me and was like, Yeah, you could at least start talking to people and so I talked to a few people and it was fine and had some a couple awkward uh zoom zoom dates, I guess. That were fine, but I didn't you know, didn't really go anywhere. And uh and then but there was there was one girl that I kinda kept talking to and uh we said, you know, something about possibly meeting up at some point and uh so we met at a cuz there is there's a bar in Highland Park that had a few tables set up in their parking lot uh very far apart from each other. So we went there and hung out, had a nice time, and we hung out some more. And uh and then yeah, we just decided that uh yeah, this I would like to do this more and so we've been hanging out more and kind of decided, okay, we'll we're we're allowed in each other's homes because we're not we're not doing much beyond that. So yeah. So she's been here, I've been there, and it's been really good so far.
2: A Zoom date. I'm ha- I'm happy for you and happy for this, but a <laughs> Zoom date, and you put like heavy air quotes around that. That sounds awful to me. Yeah. Aaron, Sarah, does that sound awful to you guys? Not uh, that terrible. I don't no. know. <laughs> I,
1: I th- yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, like, you can cut to the chase pretty quickly. I I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it's now I'm like, so desperate for contact. It sort of sounds terrible. But in let's say, like, you have a date, and they're like two hours away. And then, you know, I think within a couple minutes on the on the zoom, you could probably be like, do I want to bang them? Do, do we have anything <laughs> in common? And you yeah. know, speed the speed this whole process up. I mean, we're going to die shortly, right? We're on the clock here.
0: <laughs> it is. It is nicer, at least. Yeah. With if it's if it's not necessarily great, then it is yes. kind of like yeah. Yes. Then it's yes. easier to just kind of end it sooner. Yeah.
2: But, how, yeah. but But how do you do that without making it total? I mean, I guess that's the point. Is you just don't care if it's since, as Aaron points out, like the apocalypse. Apocalypse doom clock second hand is is has sped up but I w- I would feel like I have to now pretend to be interested in them for like another I don't know half an hour or so as to not insult them by being like oops I got to go.
0: Yeah. You can always pretend I,
2: you're having technical difficulties. <laughs> yes, Sarah. Yes. <laughs> this is so true. Yeah. I will say like the idea of meeting someone for the first time over Zoom when you first mentioned it that that did, that sounded like very fraught for me. However, I could see where it is less fraught than in person. Cause like I was supposed to do a podcast, I was supposed to be a guest on a podcast on Monday and they got in touch with me a little bit before and, and were very apologetic, but they're like, I'm so sorry, something's come up. Can we reschedule? And I was like, Yeah, no, that's like honestly, I was napping when I got the email and I was like, This is perfect. <laughs> Cause now I don't, <laughs> I can just continue this s- slovenly midday nap. Um, but I was thinking back to how it used to be where having to go in person to podcast is a much more it's mu- a much bigger part of your day now this thing where all podcast appearances are just like you just go under your stairs like Sarah it's it's kind of <laughs> I miss having in person <laughs> interviews but there's something so convenient about this
0: yeah yeah I'm very over it though I'm very over zoom yeah yeah I, I miss I miss in person everything yeah
2: um, I'm going to ask you a question—a uh, uh, question I shouldn't ask because I don't know how you can possibly answer this—and yet here I go anyway. This is <laughs> this is me. I'm brave. I'm fearless. How if how much of this relation in the same way that that uh, quarantine made you realize you needed to get a dog mm-hmm. in real life? Do you feel like this relationship would be going differently? Would it be on a different timetable?
0: Uh, I don't know. that. That is interesting. I, I will say I think that one plus of it is that it kind of before we ever actually got to actually meet, uh, we were talking a bunch bef- and getting to know each other. And I feel like because we, we were kind of forced to do that mm-hmm. for a while first. So I think that like, you know, by the time we hung out, I feel like we knew a fair amount about each other. And uh, I, so I think that was weirdly kind of beneficial. I don't know if that's yeah. really answering your question, but
2: I think it, it kind of, it, I already forgot my question. <laughs> so it, for me, it did. I think,
1: Tony, I think that's like such, so, such a hopeful, awesome story. You know, I mean, Thank a lot you. of people are trying to figure it out, you know, and, and I, you just hear, you know, you hear such negative stuff. So that's like super sweet.
0: Thank you. Yeah, it's been it's been a very welcome change because uh, it's been pretty bleak. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's been nice to like have something to look forward to, you know. Uh,
1: yeah. Well, I'm cheering for you too.
2: Thank you.
0: Yeah. It's been really good so far. So, well, we will see.
2: Well, Tony, thank you for sharing that because I know that the listeners are maybe more than you know. They're very invested in your romantic life and they're like they they ship you that's a young people thing they ship you with various guests that come on the show
0: yeah someone told me something about i literally never heard that term before i it made yeah. me feel very old
2: and everything makes me feel old yeah um yeah. so aaron fill us in on uh you being in Naples. so the last time i talked with you you i think your partner was about to move in with you right
1: yeah, I'll try to make this as brief as possible so no one throws himself off the balcony.
2: Um, That's the, okay. You should listen um, to my shows. I've launched many a person off a balcony.
1: No, it's just a long story, but I'll make it short. Uh, yeah, February first, my partner. We were doing long distance from New York to LA for two years, and she moved to LA February first, and then then a pandemic uh, hit. <laughs> it's so um, we got to know each other real quick. Uh, <laughs> it's like a, like you, know, you usually have like a honeymoon period where you have like a, you know, to buffer the slow rollout of terribleness that you've been trying to hide. Um, <laughs> but it was all just like, here it is. Take it or leave it. <laughs> um, But I, yeah, it was, it was just, you know, it was just one of the, there's just so much change. I, I, before that I had lived in the same apartment in LA for 10 years had the same sort of schedule, stand up writing. And then she moved in pandemic. And then unfortunately my dad passed away, but it wasn't COVID. It was expected. It was just, you know, still terrible. So then we lived in Waco, Texas for a month with my family as you do. And then we were going to head back to L.A. to get an apartment, and L.A. blew up. And we were like, this isn't a good time to get a place. And she's like, my mom has an empty condo in Naples, Florida. I was like, let's get in the car. And then we drove to Naples. So now we're in Florida, um, hanging out.
0: And Florida's the best place to be right now, it seems yeah.
1: Like. We're like total COVID chasers chaser, <laughs> at this point. <laughs> yeah. um, we're just going from hotspot to hotspot. Uh, we stay in. Like I would have the same life in LA. You know what I mean? It's like we go to the grocery store and literally come right back. But we're living in a senior community. I mean, it's just nonstop oh my ridiculous. God. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> um, but I'm like loving it because it's so it's distracting. It's so random. Whenever my when, like I'm in LA. Like I've been in LA every day for like 13 years. You know what I mean? So it's just this random journey. Of randomness, and we're the only one wearing masks. It's like it doesn't exist. It's it's bananas. Wait, the other people in the senior community aren't wearing masks. No, 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 no one is. No one is. Absolutely not. Nobody. Wow. We're we're masked up like walking. And uh this guy the other day because I like to say hi to everybody. Sarah hates it. My Sarah, my partner's name. Uh,
3: and I, was like, I don't hate Sarah that. For also hates it. Um, <laughs>
1: But I sit, you know, there's all these seniors, so I say, "How oh, good morning, you know, everyone's friendly, you know, but he was like, uh, you know, may God bless this day for you. And I was like, cool. And uh, then he was like, and may God protect you from the virus. And I was yeah. like, and I just knee jerk. I was like, well, we got, we got masks, you know, <laughs> and uh, it was just this bizarre moment. I was like, this is exactly what's happening in the world, right? He leads with God. I mm-hmm. lead with science, but we both each other to have a good morning it was bizarre anyway that's my life <laughs> yeah
2: in florida i think is florida no california has the most of any state right now right
1: i can't florida's close. doing florida yeah I, florida's pretty pretty shitty on a good yeah. day you know <laughs> right um. <laughs> on a non-pandemic day <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah. But no yeah, offense. we're
1: but we're we're doing, you know, honestly in the grand scheme of things it feels like we're doing fine and mm. you know, I'm, I besides her I'm driving her besides me driving her crazy, I think uh I'm I feel lucky. You know, it's just in this bizarre world. And then when everything comes down we'll head back to LA and stay inside. I mean, you know what I mean? It's insane. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear about your dad. Yeah. That was a that was a blow, but you know, honestly it was just, I'm not sugarcoating it. It it just, it was time it was getting really bad. So, and then, you know, a pandemic and stuff. So, but you know, the, the, the silver lining is we got to be there, you know, I, I got to be there at the end and then we, I stayed for a month and like in real life, like that's hard to do, you Mm -hmm. know, with work and everything like that. So that was wonderful. That was really great. And, uh, I hadn't done stand-up in so long, and so many funny things happened in his funeral, and now I'm starting to do stand-up again about his funeral, and he was so funny, so I think he really would have loved that. So, you know, it all kind of works out how it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. You're starting to do stand-up, like, like, Zoom shows? or From this guest bedroom? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a hard room to book (laughs) I uh yeah it is I um I actually have my uh first show tomorrow night Sarah have you done shows on Zoom? I did one Zoom no maybe two Zoom shows
3: uh one was not stand-up really so it felt different but one was stand-up and I just I don't think I can do it um I just haven't sought it out nobody hardly anybody's asked me to do it so maybe that no tells you something. No one me,
1: Sarah. I've asked them. <laughs> <laughs> I just think yeah, they're no, just, Yeah. Yeah. I just can't. I don't know. I just thought, okay, I'll try it tomorrow night. And like you, I'm like, it could go Thursday morning. I could be like, I'll call you. I'll tell you. Yeah, let me know. I've, th- I've already
3: <laughs> thrown in the towel. <laughs> I mean, I did it early and I did... It was Instagram Live. It wasn't Zoom. Mm. And mm. it was really hard... To I, and I like realized afterwards that my connection was really bad and like people were <laughs> like barely able to understand me. And I was just like, Oh my God, that just like made me feel so awful. And I yeah. was like, Oh, they didn't care. And I was like, ugh like just, it just felt sad. And <laughs> like, how desperate are we, you know, <laughs> yeah. to be like seen, you know, the audience wants yeah. it too, that they need their entertainment and they want comedy fans, like comedy fans really want, something right now, I've been trying to think of creative ways that aren't Zoom shows to get my voice out there. Yeah.
2: I feel like at the beginning of all of this, I was, and actually it's like documented on a number of podcasts. I was talking about how there's all these people who are throwing up these new shows that they're doing and like all these new podcasts have come out and I feel like I should be doing something creative, but I don't, I don't have that in me right now, but I feel like I'm supposed to. And like that whole concern feels like a million years ago. Now it's just get through the day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. (laughs) Yeah, it is.
3: Yeah. In the beginning, there was a lot of panic of like, how are you using this time? Others are getting ahead. (laughs) They're being innovative. (laughs) What are you doing? And, you know, I at a certain point I went, I mean, it's just been up and down for me, but like there was a real low point and I had had an idea for a video. And finally, I just was like, Scott, my husband, I was like, if we don't shoot this video, I'm going to fucking lose my mind. Like I have to do something to, to like, I just realized like a lot of my happiness and identity involves being an entertainer. I mean, I chose it as my career. There's a reason, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. I was like, I got to get something out there. Tweets aren't doing it for me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and was the video, was that the um, quarantine Barbie?
3: Yes. The quarantine Barbie video, which we spent a really long time on. We really took the time to like, make it good. And it was like, so
2: good. Tell, tell, you tell everyone about it. Yeah, it, it was basically
3: from, so Scott and I, something we have in common is we're really into nostalgia and, uh, like things from our childhood. And, um, so sometimes he'll just put on, they have YouTube videos that are just hours of commercials from the eighties and the nineties, and you can just play them. And we played them on our TV, like a whole day, one day, and it was just like very soothing it was like god look at it, look at how different time was then you know and barbie commercials would keep coming on and there was this little jingle that was like we girls can do anything right barbie right barbie oh, yeah and and we would and scott and i kept going right barbie like getting like sad like we can do anything right barbie i like, can't do anything and so it came up with this whole idea and we had a friend do a whole parody of that jingle and change it up and then uh we added a third verse to be white ally barbie to be, you know, with the times because that was all happening while we were working on this and we bought all this barbie stuff and I mean it was we're I'm really into miniatures, he's very much into toys, like uh, nothing could have combined our passions and skills in a more perfect way that's why it came out so well It's like we yeah. were just in lockstep like okay we um hmm this piece of like we had like little chips crumbs on her we were like <laughs> the crumbs the crumbs aren't small enough like they look too big like we were obsessed with the scale and like i made a bunch of little miniature props for it and it was and he did too it was it was i i'm very proud of it and it went it like got a lot of views because i think it because of the care we put into it. And I think that was what I realized with this quarantine creativity thing is like, it's harder to get the motivation to self-start, but mm-hmm. when you have an idea, it's just like, well, just force yourself to start it and get going. Cause once you get into it, you're going to feel like you have a purpose <laughs> to live <laughs> and like, you know, get on it. And uh, it was worth it. And, um, haven't done any. I'm like, what's next? Two months later.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But still, you can be so proud that you did that video. Oh, yeah. um, Yeah. I think both my husband and I fall into this thing where we get ideas that we get excited about. And then we like overthink them. And then ultimately, we're like, but what's the reaction going to be like, if it's not going to move, move the needle and I put quotes around that, then we sort of talk ourselves out of doing it. And I think that that's not a great way. We
3: almost did that several times. You know, I I was, it was more me. That was, I'm more like that where I talk myself out of Mm -hmm. what I'm working on. I think it's not worth it. Nobody's going to like this. Who wants to hear from you? You dumb piece of shit. Like that's the inner monologue I'm dealing (laughs) with. So (laughs) you have to overcome it. You have to beat it down. You have to be like, you shut the fuck up. (laughs) <laughs> doing it anyway
2: so there, i i loved your book so much it was like thank I, you like, so much this I, is my I read first it,
3: interview about with someone who's oh that's the book. exciting
1: i'm gonna um, get it right now and read it i'm pumped read it it's, during the
3: interview aaron <laughs> <laughs> i'll be right
2: back <laughs> um i i read it a pdf version um, but I want like the hard copy because I want to study it because I feel like so mm-hmm. it. Um, you took a trip for your 40th birthday with your siblings and your dad all separately, and you went on this whitewater rafting trip. The Col- you went you ran the Colorado River in Grand Canyon with your younger sister, um, and that the the book follows that journey, but then cuts back and forth between that and you know memories like a, a more, and of my yeah, life basically your yeah. life
3: like, almost like what led me to the point of getting on that boat right in the colorado river but um, i could
2: tell and i didn't i i didn't i was an english major so i'm like i want to like really like i didn't diagram it or anything but you i could tell book <laughs> Yes, I wanted di- a book di- report on it. I didn't diagram oh. it. I mean, I thought about it. <laughs> oh my god, that was amazing! I didn't but- diagram <laughs> it. <laughs> I don't even think that's a thing. I just mean I want to sit down and be like, okay, this story about her life taught her this lesson, and then we jump to this thing happening on the boat, and I'm sure there are all these intentional parallels, right?
3: Yeah, I mean that took that was incredibly difficult to do. And uh, when I started writing the book the green canyon trip hadn't even happened yet
2: mm. i
3: had no intention of writing about that trip when i went on it i was re- actually part of and which it would have been too meta to include this in the book but part of i when i got into that boat i felt horrible about myself i was really low mentally and part of it was because of the book <laughs> Uh, I had just gotten like my first round of notes, and it was. I think it's a very common experience for your first round of notes about a book to be devastating. Mm. Like this is horrible. Like why are you right trying to write a book, you dumb, <laughs> dumb person? Like that's how I felt. Ah. It's hard. So the you know. edit
2: notes mirrored the voice.
3: Yeah, they, they well,
2: she, I they mean, they didn't. It. They were
3: they weren't they weren't that bad but it was just not what i expected it was like a lot harsher than i thought right and there was no answers it was like Mm -hmm. and you got to figure this out and i was like i don't know how and um it wasn't until months after the trip that i realized i could write about it and because that was part of what was missing from the story was like really vivid present storytelling. Cause it's so mm-hmm. much memory and memory is really hard to write about. And I was just overwhelmed by that. And writing about the Grand Canyon was fresh. It was fun. It was vivid. And I kind of discovered a lot of these parallels, um, not only on the trip, but definitely in writing it. And, um, that took a lot of work to wrestle. It felt like I was wrestling a bear. Like, how do mm-hmm. I make this flow and back and forth it's like are people gonna be able to follow this and it was really challenging my editor was like you've chosen a very challenging format and I was like <laughs> ah like it was just it, it, it was so difficult but I you know what and I know that's a cliche thing to say about writing a book um, but it was but also so rewarding I'm at the point now where I'm like it no one else could read it and I would be so satisfied like just <sighs> I mean, it, I got to work on something that hard for that long.
2: You did such a good job because, in no way, is the reader hit over the head with the things I'm talking about, like the parallel. Like it was really, de- I mean, you feel it, but it, you did. It was so deft. It was so. Because oh, I've, 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 I've felt it. Sometimes
3: of, I'm like, am I being too obvious? But then, you no, know, I, I realized um, after reading a lot of memoirs. That you need to hold hands with the reader a little bit. You don't want to treat them like they're stupid, but they want to follow your story and they want to be led along. You know, Mm -hmm. and in a way, there's so many metaphors too. Like (laughs) I'm like I'm the river guide and I'm guiding you through my life. You know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Um.
2: I also personally identify really strongly with some with a lot of stuff you talk about in the book about just being so concerned, like having a very sort of narrow and and black and white morality and like needing to be the best at being good and needing to be a good person and being so hard on yourself um, for infractions that to other people wouldn't even be a thing. And I know that that's come up when I've had you on the show before Um, we've talked about it before, but I feel like that story, I don't, I feel like the story that's told in the book is something that a lot of people will be like, oh, I get it, but I don't feel like we've heard it that much. Maybe because it doesn't, yeah. you, you initially wouldn't think there's like a lot of drama with someone who's like nervous about being right.
3: Well, I think it's, um, you know, I've had a lot of struggle in writing this book and now I'm about to go out in the world with it where my automatic thought about myself is that I'm not good enough. In um, automatic, my thought is... No one cares about you and your dumb story. You're not important. It's not interesting enough and, you know, no one needs to hear from you some basic white-ass bitch right now like your story, <laughs> you know, like that's what the voice in my head is telling me. And you know uh-huh. what? Some of that might be right. Like <laughs> what do I, you know, I can't no, control that.
2: But everyone needs to hear from you.
3: But um I think the the reason I named the book Grand Obviously, the the no, the nod to the Grand Canyon, but that I've always wanted to feel grand and be grand um, and have a grand life in this journey. God damn it. I'm not going to be able to do press. I'm about to start crying. Um, <laughs> this is a good test run. Jesus. This if you were here,
2: I would hand um, you a tissue. I have them on the yeah. table for this purpose, but it's um, not going to help you right now. <laughs>
3: But that this journey was, and I hate the word journey, but God damn it, it was a journey. It was um, a literal journey. But, you know, it was a journey to just being okay with being okay. That mm-hmm. you can just be okay. You don't have to be perfect. Um, and not everything has to be nonstop wonder. And, you know, like, I think I... Because of the way I was raised, you know, magic was something we always sought, and um, surprise, and spontaneity, and big, grand stuff. And then mm-hmm. um, finally, now realizing that it's okay to just not be striving always, and to be mm-hmm. comfortable in the moment and with who you are, because you are grand. You're you're filled with complexities and infinite you know, microorganisms and, you know, I just, anyway, but.
1: Um, now I'm going to cry. Thank you, Sarah, for this moment. You're going to be okay, Aaron. <laughs> I can't wait to
0: read it. <laughs> Not it's you, Tony. Exciting. I know.
1: Uh, Tony, <laughs> it's,
2: it's <your laughs> talk, too late Tony. for you.
0: I know. I know. I'm Sorry.
2: sorry. I'm, just I'm just kidding. You're already okay. <laughs> Tony, you had a good run.
0: I tried, you know. I tried. You toured the world. Yeah, I saw a lot. You got uh, to
2: work on a lot of podcasts.
0: Yeah. It's all downhill anyway, so I might as well this is, done. Yeah.
2: <laughs> this is the end of the line for you. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> all right. I'll see you guys later.
2: Okay, right. bye. <laughs> so, Sarah, can you um, tell – I'm curious what the first version of the book was like. Because I, re- I remember mm-hmm. – because I talked to you a, f- a couple times during the process, and I know that you – I think the first time I t- – talked to you about it, you had just gotten those notes and you were having to go back and like look through a lot of old diaries mm-hmm. and yeah. dig up a lot more personal stuff. So what did it start as?
3: Um, I don't know, garbage. I mean, it was just a big old sack of shit. Um, no, <laughs> it was, it was just rambling. And like I, one of the notes, you know, you know, when you get notes on something or feedback on something and it, it feels like you're being ripped apart, mm-hmm. but you know, they're right. And that's why it hurts so bad because you're like, God damn it. They're right. And I got to fix it. <sighs> yeah. And it was so much of it was vague. Like just uh, it'd be like, oh, and then this happened. You get it. You know? <laughs> 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 and like edit- editorializing, which was like fine for a book of essays. I think when you're writing a book of essays, that's more op-ed. Like, you know, women are treated in society like this, like those sorts of grand mm-hmm. statements. Whereas I was trying to write a memoir, which is different. And I realized that. I was like, oh, this has to be like a story. And it has to read like one and Mm -hmm. feel like scenes and dialogue. And so I had to really go deeper into research on myself, my life, find in any of those little specifics um, that could tell the story. And also, I didn't uh, go far enough in the first draft. I did not go into those places that were really, really scary for me. Is that like the the stuff with your dad? Some of the stuff with my dad, but more of it was about um, my divorce and Mm. and then the career stuff at the end that actually was some of the scariest stuff to write because it was admitting things that I would never want my peers to know.
2: Mm -hmm. You You mean like, like, can I say what one of them is? Yeah. Like feeling...
3: Just say really
2: happy for Nikki Glazer's <laughs> success, but yeah. also like, what did I just get left in the dust?
3: Yes. So like those feelings of like, you know, um, having the biggest, highest moment of my life was that TV show. It was my dreams coming true. It was I had just fallen in love a year or two before yeah. with a new person. Right. And it was just like all for of anyone it, who
2: doesn't know you and Nikki yeah. Glaser had a live show on MTV for two seasons called Live with Nikki and, Nikki Sarah? and
3: Sarah Live yeah and that i haven't had a show since then i've i've been busy i've been working and you know i've had a lot of rejection though um and i've definitely not i've definitely like if you're if you're talking on the fame scale it's like gone way down and nikki has exploded and like Mm. it's not it's so hard to explain because it sounds like i'm of course i mean look jealousy is something i hate talking about because it sounds so petty but i'm like of course i'm i'm jealous of anyone that is like out there walking around mm-hmm. because i project all my shit onto them i'm like oh Aaron, that you have a blue wall god i love I that do, blue Sarah. wall you know it's like my I partner's
1: just, mother's wall yeah yeah
3: yeah and that's special <laughs> i wish i had that you know or <laughs> it's like it's a covetous thing um that I mm-hmm. get sometimes. Um it's compare and despair. I like look at other people and I look at what they have and I get mad. It is all about me. But I say that because it's um I do get a lot of trolls online going for the jugular on this and they'll mm-hmm. be like, oh you're just mad because Nikki blew up and you didn't. You know, or oh, we know who the talented one of that duo was. You know, those kinds know. of comments are really mean. And Nikki and I aren't like that. I mean, like we're still friends and we root for each other always. And if we want, if we work together again, we will like, you know, there's no like, uh, you know, like we have worked together since the show. And, um, but Hollywood is really fucking, it's really cutthroat. You don't know where you stand. And all I want to do is survive and be creative Mm. and, and be, what I had at that show was a lot of creative control. That's what I'm seeking is that creative control, the freedom to make things and for a lot of people to see it. Isn't that what a lot of us want, you know? And so I would get kind of stuck in that compare, comparing myself to her, not just her, but like a lot of people. So, um, it was really hard to write about that. If I felt embarrassed, but, um, once I, I remember over tears some poor people, man, if you cross paths with me at any point in my whole life, but especially while I was writing this book, I'm really sorry for (laughs) dumping it on you. Like I was, I was doing the club. um, What's the club in Minneapolis. That's so good. What is it called again? Um,
2: Not Acme. Acme. Yes. Acme. Acme.
3: Um, And there was a, uh, another female comic living there. Um, named Emily. And we got coffee one day to like work on jokes. (laughs) And I was like, I'm working on my book. And I just like start talking about it. And then I find myself crying to her. (laughs) Like, I think I should write about this. But it's just I'm just sick of hiding it of my insecurity (laughs) about my career. And she's just like, you should write about that. And I'm like, (laughs) I feel bad that I did that to her.
2: Oh, she's Maybe. calling in. The listener lines are up, and we got an Emily from Minneapolis. <laughs> um, I saw this YouTube comment on like an old video of mine. And it it said, uh, Why would anyone give you a TV show? You aren't funny and you aren't interesting. And I guess it was a podcast that I had done where I had said, it's like the 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 goal of having my own TV show. It's like I don't even count that among my goals anymore. But for a period of time, that is something I really and obviously, if someone's handing them out, I will take one. But for a long, I, period I, of I time, understand what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like I, you know, I was like doing pilots and I was pitching and all that shit. So um, I don't, I say all that shit just because it was, you know, it's 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 a tough thing to be trying to do. Um, but I read the comment and I was like. God, there's a time that that would have really gotten to me, and I look at me now; it just rolled right off. Yeah, yeah. But like multiple times for a s- consecutive days, I-, I would think back to that comment and I would think ha, it doesn't even get to me at all. And like the six thousandth time mm-hmm. it cycled through my brain last night, I thought maybe it's actually getting to me. Yeah, because- I mean, <laughs> it's okay to admit that you're
3: you know, people always oh ignore the trolls. And it's like, it's okay to admit that shit hurts your feelings. I mean, we're not like supposed to be made of stone. I mean, if you're going to be a, a creative person, you kind of need to be soft, right? And absorbent, just, you know, you gotta have funny to take
2: how, in the world. It's just funny how much I wasn't even admitting it to myself. But it's like it why am I still thinking about it if it's truly not getting to me? And you have like peanut butter all over your face and your hair. It's fine.
1: I don't care. I can't. Do I have kids? Where are my kids? It's fine. Everything's fine. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Everyone just says it. Just ignore the trolls, and you're like, yeah, okay, yeah, sure. (laughs) Let me just uh, go to the liquor store for the fifth time and uh, (laughs) ignore the trolls. It is. uh, It's, It's
2: hard. Sarah makes the point in her book: anyone who says that has probably not been trolled.
3: Come on. Yeah, because I mean, I think most people, like, I, in fact, I think people who haven't really had it before uh, are are in for a rude awakening when it does happen to them. You know, it's like it hurts. You know, you can see it. Some I joke that there's people who you see them when a beloved person is getting criticized for the first time, the meltdown that happens that they just didn't know they could ever be criticized by anyone. Mm-hmm. You could just see them in real time, being like, "I," but I love people i am not i love everyone you know it's like but they've said something insensitive and people are mad about or or whatever it is that their people are getting mad about Mm -hmm. um but yeah i think it's the the internet is nasty and it's like a whole we've talked about this before yeah are you still
2: limiting your social media
3: um somewhat i don't i actually have really changed my my way i interact with it so i don't need to block it as much other than just a time waste type thing right now i have goodreads blocked 24 hours a day i ain't reading one review of my book Uh, well goodreads is if you don't know what goodreads is roxane gay said it best it's like it's not for you it's not for authors it's for readers Mm -hmm. and it's like the yelp of books you know like anybody can go on there and review a book I think it's probably higher brow than, than Yelp, but people can go really wild in these reviews. And I've heard stories and friends have been like, Oh my God, I read a review of my book where the person just goes, I don't like her. You know, that's why I don't <laughs> like, I don't like her. You know, it's those yeah. kinds of reviews. And you're like, Oh, geez. And I just, before one, I, I like searched my book because I was like curious about some listing or how it was listed. And I was just curious. And the first one had come up and I was like, Oh, <gasps> I was like, oh, and it was like four out of five stars. And I was like, okay, I'll let myself read the first one because it's four stars. And it was Mm. very nice. And I was so thrilled. It was one of the first times a stranger had read the book and expressed their feelings about it. And then I blocked the site 24 hours a day after that. Because
1: nothing good. You're batting a thousand. Yeah, nothing
3: good is going to come from me. Even positive reviews can send me reeling, you know, because they said they didn't understand it. Or they liked it for the wrong reasons. You know, it's just like, it's too personal of a book for me to be reading everyone's personal feelings about it. Now, and I told my um, publisher, I they were like, what kind of, you know, what do you want us to, do you want us to send you reviews? What do you, and I was like, notable, positive reviews only. So like, if the New York Times likes the book, of course I want to see that. I'm going to be reading it 12 times a day for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> if that happens, I want to know about it, but I don't need to hear every. Everybody's little thoughts about it. I I I would love to hear like individuals telling me like oh I read your book like on social media and stuff I don't mind that I mean there might be some negative stuff but I've just found that if you don't poke the unfortunately you do have a lot of control over uh, if you're a certain level I think if you're the more famous you are the more difficult it is to do something that I'm about to say which is if you don't want to get trolled by certain groups of people don't talk about the things. That pissed them off. And that sucks because that's silencing yourself in a way. Mm-hmm. But I stopped talking about like comedy debates, like Louis C.K., mm-hmm. like women in... Con- I, and most politics I stopped talking about. Um, and I get harassed almost not at all anymore.
2: Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. I'm. I'm my life is flashing before my eyes. I'm just <laughs> thinking, what are all the things I need to stop talking about? I mean,
3: uh. if you get constantly attacked for certain things and you want it to stop? I mean, you can stop it. It does it's not fair. Mm-hmm. But also I just realized I was participating in a system that in that enriched people I I can't stand. I was helping people that I did not like get more podcast followers, more, you know, it was just right. it was it was just a cycle of a, of a dumb black and white argument about dumb shit. Nobody's minds are being changed, and the only yeah. thing I'm gaining is anxiety spirals that keep me up all night. And You know, a guy telling me to go kill myself and that he wants to rape my skull. Like, I don't know if I want to be a part of that anymore.
2: (laughs) You don't find that satisfying? (laughs) It's just not a good use of my time. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Well, I've always been... Chad. I've heard that
1: one
2: before. (laughs) What a snooze.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you have to... I, 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 I'm sometimes I'm like naively blown away still by people's comments. Like it, not even about what I'm nothing to do with me. Just like I went on a, this dude from the, it always comes back to sports with me because I can relax, but now how can I relax? Cause every sport has COVID. But, um, the, <laughs> oh, no. uh, one of the pitchers didn't kneel for the San Francisco Giants, um, during the Anthem. And I was like, you know, on a, t- on a, on an absolute tirade talking to myself because my partner hates sports. So, um, I, <laughs> I, uh, in all fairness, she's been amazing, but like, I, I can't trap her any more than I do. So I was just going through this rabbit hole of like, Oh, I wonder how this is going to be covered, you know? <clears throat> so, you know, it was, you know, covered, you know, to the left and to the right. And I'm just, you know, reading the article and then the comments, and I hadn't read people's. Com- I don't know. I just hadn't read comments after like an article in a while. Oh my god! I, oh my I, god! By the fifth comment, I was like, "That's not what Black Lives Matter is about." This is <laughs> like you, you know, and I I was just enraged just, just reading them, a, just reading them about right. a picture in San Francisco. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, I'm like, how many times? Like, you know what I mean? How many times do we have to do this? How many do we? Like, times do we have to explain to people what these movements mean like you know what i mean so and i was i was just blood like gushing out of my eyes and i was like oh i can like off <laughs> i yeah. can flick out
2: <laughs> and then i was like okay
1: that's that's it i'm good for the day you know just stupid
2: my therapist has two catchphrases she didn't invent them but whenever she says them i'm like i'm paying for this but there's some <laughs> wisdom it's haters gonna hate she says this
1: frequently wow that's a dollar 95 right there yeah and sure. also oh, wow. she'll
2: say don't read the comments comments make you crazy and again i'm always like there's got to be more there's got to be more we can delve into here but comments do make you crazy she's right <laughs> she is right she's well, lady's <laughs> well, mother
1: that's it is <laughs>
3: I found that like since I made it, it, I've started to think of it as a practice, like the way you practice yoga or meditation. I have practiced because it takes practice, not commenting on things that get me those triggers Mm -hmm. that bring in the flood of the haters going to hate in the comments. And, you know, because I can handle certain topics like abortion or something like that. I'm like, because the comments you get are so crazy. It's like, oh, my God, this woman is just like in a corner holding a baby doll going you know like crying over you know like it yeah. I feel like it's really unhinged people are in those comments but it's it's the comedy fans and like that kind of stuff that it gets me and I get really stressed about it and I get I get in it and mm. I practiced starting like a year ago I practiced not commenting and it was really hard at first. and it still is really hard sometimes not to say anything like, oh, Chris God I gotta <laughs> say something. This is fun. You know, like, but, <laughs> but I don't. And every time I, I'm so, I feel so good that I didn't mm-hmm. weigh in or like, even just like little things like that yesterday going around was that, uh, challenge accepted those black and white oh, pictures. Oh, Yes. Uh, women and i was like fine with it but then there was a lot of hate from women on it and there was Mm -hmm. and i was and i was just like i'm just not gonna say anything about this like i don't have to contribute my thoughts just like you said erin like i can log off this is getting me heated and it's nothing it means nothing and i mean it's not that it means nothing but it means nothing to me right now and my opinion isn't needed and i'm just gonna stress myself out by worrying, have I pissed off this person? Have I responded correctly,
1: morally? You know, and, um, and there's no good outcome. You know what I mean? No. Like, I, I, whatever issue it is, I have to go. I really do. I, I, I sit there and I go, is this, is this the hell I'm going to die on? Is this mm-hmm. the one thing I'm going to go fucking nuts over? And, no, especially in the comedy world. I mean, especially in the comedy world. Yeah. I will, I will support. You know, when it comes to women and sexual, like I lose my fucking mind. I will yeah. do everything I can, but I am not going to tweet out. Louis C.K. is a fucking disgusting. Chris Lee is, Oh, I'm not surprised. Blah blah. blah. I, I, like because I'm not, and it doesn't matter. And well, and, just because and, you don't you know? say it online doesn't mean you don't feel it.
3: A- exactly. And That's what we've now come to believe is that what I see you saying online. You know, silence is every, oh, your silence is yeah. telling. And it's like, it doesn't tell you anything. And maybe I'm just choosing not to engage in this. And also what I found, because this has now been a year of me being very strict about this, is that it has enhanced my creativity, my happiness, that now I'm saving a lot of my expression for more targeted, like actual work, like, like, an essay I write or a book I write or a video that speaks to my feelings on things. Um, And what can I do that's actual like going to make a difference in this topic or action I can take that has nothing to do with a Twitter war. That's not saying I don't agree. Like, Cause I will read the shit out of a lot of Twitter stuff. Like I, I love seeing other people's opinions and I think standing up for what's right is important. And social media, especially now during the quarantine, is our way of communicating and and expressing all these things that we the the world we want to see. But I have just decided to limit it, and by limiting it, it's actually given my words way more power. And mm-hmm. the and I can funnel it into my art and my comedy instead of just like going off on a rant that is not well well thought out or composed. I mean, my writing is amazing, but like,
1: (laughs) it's, it's just a, it's a piece of it. Right. So if you spend your whole day, like all I have is social media, then you're screwed. Like it's, it's, it's a place of, of, uh, I mean, I, I've tried it. I've stepped away. I, I, I just, I just physically can't, I just do a little to keep like, Hey, I'll do that booking in September or like I'm applying for that, whatever job or something. But It's never going to, I I just don't think it's going to, you know, change people's minds in any way except for ruin my fucking day, you know? And now in this pandemic, you, you realize time is, everything is so kind of precious. So how am I going to... I'm, I'm not going to win a Twitter war. I, I, you know, once in a while, I'll just be like, Oh, fuck yourself, you know, and then I log off and I run away uh, and block. And, but that's it. You know, it's, it's, yeah, just it's like limiting, l- limited. It's fine. I think it's just, if yeah. it, it, for
3: me, it was, it was like getting in the way of my life. It was pissing yeah. off people around me. Cause I was just like freaking yeah. out about shit that was being said online. And
2: can I say something about what you just said? I have two things to say about what Aaron said, <clears throat> two separate things. She said, um, in this pandemic, mm-hmm. Time is so precious. Yes, but also I feel like I am just sleepwalking through my days. I can't be the only one, right?
3: No.
0: No, I, I'm still struggling with that, too. I feel like I've finally gotten to where I can concentrate a little better than I have been the last few months. But now it's turned into I just don't want to do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: There's no right answer, right? There's no right way... Through a fucking pandemic yeah <laughs> it's it's you, you you have to get up and do the best you can and then go to bed you, you know what <laughs> i mean like there's no like this is what you're supposed to do i mean it's like now this now probably hacky joke of like play the violin learn a language and you're like mm-hmm. yeah come on you know so yeah. there is no right answer the, the right answer is are you are you trying to are you surviving Right. Not are you thriving? Are are you just are <laughs> nice. you getting by? Right. Just getting and, through the day. And just trying to bring just trying to I don't know, just, just get through and hopefully you've really sweet days and they outnumber the bad days and then you know, come up for air the next day, you know?
2: Well, mm-hmm. I uh one of the things to go is my willingness to wash my hair very often, although I'm back on the straight and narrow hair wise. Tony, <laughs> can you play can you play gal chat? Mm-hmm. So I own two bottles of dry shampoo, never really used them. I know a lot of people who are super into dry shampoo, and I just never quite knew how to use it. But I hit a point where I realized I'm doing these podcasts on video, like maybe the front you know, eighth of my hair shows or something. That was a really bad fraction. But it doesn't, it doesn't matter if it's clean or not. It just needs to look semi-clean. So I used some dry shampoo, And I was like, wow, this is giving my hair volume. And so then I I went to sleep that night and I woke up and my hair looked amazing. And I was like, now I see what everyone likes about it. But my hair is really disgusting. So I need to dry shampoo the hell out of it. So I put in (laughs) so much. It actually ends up making
3: your hair like greasier. Yes. after its initial effect wears off you're like wow or maybe it's just that your hair is like no remember me i need shampooing even
2: more now (laughs) i don't know what (laughs) happened but it was like it looked flatter than it ever yeah it it like um it was such a a sharp cliff and such drastic diminishing returns (laughs) and also it just felt like glue and then i washed my hair and that feeling of clean hair after the most disgusting, like, bisquick in my hair feeling I had was probably one of the highlights of this pandemic. So now I'm back on the uh, washing my hair train. I just washed it today. but it uh, I want- beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah, I was to you. say, you're on fire. You're nailing it. Thank you very much. But I really, I mean, I really, before I got in the shower, was like, you could just do dry shampoo. You could. Mm-hmm. Um so you guys have done dry shampoo. You've been on that
1: roller coaster. I I have, I have not but oh Sarah <laughs> please please I uh I'm not a, I have not a dry it, it shampoo doesn't really. my
3: hair gets really greasy uh pretty quick and because I also have to like moisturize my all my skin and my I get like I call them the itchies. Mm. It's pure anxiety. There's no medical reason for it. Uh, And I would just get intense itches all over, including my scalp, and lotion is what psychologically makes it stop. So mm-hmm. I put a lot of like moisturizer on my scalp. but uh you know what you said about that shower reminds me of the best shower I 've ever had that I think about often, which was I would like to hear the about first it. shower after the Grand Canyon trip. Because we weren't really bathing the whole time for eight days. And we were bathing in the river, but it was super cold and it was brown. So you never felt clean. And uh, that shower in my sister, my older sister, uh, who also lives, they both live in Flagstaff, Arizona, near the Grand Canyon. That first shower in my sister's shower, she has like a big stone walk-in shower. And I used her like expensive shampoo. I washed my hair twice. That's (laughs) how... I mean, it was just it felt so fucking good. It was like an orgasm almost like that's how it was just like, yeah. I was like, yeah.
2: <laughs> you're like a shampoo commercial. It was I was I just like, oh, I felt so good. Aaron, have you ever gone whitewater rafting? Well, there's a segue. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was
1: prepared to give you some hair stuff.
0: But,
1: uh... <laughs> well, I also like to talk about hair. Well, I'll give you, I'll give you my pandemic hair and then we could segue okay. quite naturally to whitewater rafting. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, uh, I discovered Clarol uh, hair color in mm. a bottle and it has been, you know, I try to, not that I'm like, you know, Miss Positive Pants, but I try <laughs> to be, I just have a lot of positive energy and gray hair makes me. So sad, and um you know I'm in fucking Naples, um, so <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. And someone's like, "Get the Clairol thing," and I was like, "No, I can't. I need to spend seven hundred ninety-five dollars just to want <laughs> to dye my hair." Um, and I got it, and it's a it's a it's a goddamn dream sequence. Uh, my my Sarah, I have two Sarahs now in my life. Sarah Schaefer, mm-hmm. my Sarah. Mm-hmm. Um, we put. I put a towel around me, and we just we do the mixing bowl and slap it on. It's what? Have, what have I been doing? What have I been doing? Yeah, she wasting cut your money. two inches off my hair. It's like we're fucking pioneering. I mean, you look so long ready. I mean, yeah, I'm almost ready for my next batch. Bring it on, seven bucks. It's a game it's changer. Because
2: t- I'm looking at your perfect quaff, and you've got layers. Well, I did
1: shower this morning.
2: The the two inches she cut, did she did she do Kinda, layers? I just, I just, I just, it seems like that you this, have them. And
1: she just, okay. you know, wow. it, this is so long. You know what I mean? But like, you know, you do the best Looks you cool. can. I have my hair back and I, I've i uh, thankfully, before the road trip, I put in several baseball hats, gay. And um, <laughs> that's all I wear. I'm gaying it up in Naples where nobody <laughs> thinks lesbians are leprechauns or something. So, um, Anyway, I just you know I'm not like into the lady stuff, and mm-hmm. now I feel very feminine with because I know Clairol.
2: <laughs> While we'll playing fantasy baseball, box.
1: so it's really <laughs> all balances out.
2: Now, does it dye your scalp or anything? No, it's it's a dream. I, I can't even
1: tell you how I really feel like I would do a commercial for Clairol. They're not going to ask, but I would
2: <laughs> say yes. <laughs> it's, uh, um. So now whitewater rafting because Sarah. Sarah went on this whitewater rafting trip And she jumped off cliffs Which made me nervous just reading about it
1: Well, again I'm super psyched to read this book I, Because <laughs> I've never whitewater rafted And I've always thought That's probably on a bucket list I have been to the Grand Canyon but not rafting You gotta so, go down
3: into it Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, it,
3: it, it, I was not cut out for it And I still had a great time I mean, it was a priv- It was like It wasn't cheap to do it like it's a once in a lifetime thing i think like i mean it's cheap in terms of a vacation for eight days you get a lot of experience Um, i can't remember the price but like it i mean it was in the thousands but like um but it wasn't it, it to me it was like money the best money i've ever spent and uh it was just You didn't need any skill. There's different ways to do it. There's like your very skilled version, which would be like kayaking or rowing. We went on like a big motorized boat. It's very, you're taking care of, but it was still really roughing it. I mean, I didn't realize the level that, that it was going to be like sleeping outside and like pooping into a can. Like everybody is like, everybody (laughs) is telling me the thing that they're like, everyone's who's read the book are like, you know what, after reading your book, I'll never go whitewater (laughs) water. (laughs) <laughs> like, after I awesome though. after i read about what you had it's, everyone has a different thing that makes it yeah. so they're like i couldn't do it and i'm like but you could i thought i wouldn't be able to do it either yeah. um but i have thought about like trying to go back and do it again one year take my husband and maybe some friends and like get our own you know fill up a whole boat of just people that's like my fantasy of doing it again um would you and tell to, him, or would you? Would
1: you just go? We're gonna be on a boat. It's gonna yeah, be yeah. No,
3: he can't. He knows <laughs> now. But like, yeah, it would be this. I fantasize about it, but then I get a little afraid because there was. Just, there, it's a wild place, and and I write about it in the book. There's things that happen where like you realize it's very fragile, and like your life is nothing, you know, to this raging river and the, these extreme conditions. And so I get a little nervous. Like, well, maybe I shouldn't test. Fate. <laughs> and fate never go back again
2: <laughs> in reading it i i was thinking this sounds um scary and like you need to be skilled because you need to be able to you know hold on and stuff with the two-hand hold but then i would i would remind myself but in that other boat there were kids yeah you so can how- do it yeah,
3: yeah it was i i was so scared of all that stuff i was like how am i gonna do this i'm gonna fall off you know i'm gonna Fuck it up somehow. I didn't know anything about it, and you know they just were like, you know you hang on and you're fine." You know, <laughs> it's <Yeah>. like okay, <laughs> um, you were born on the river, yeah, <laughs> right. That was, I talk about that a lot. That like the river guides. I'm like these guys. They're he actually made one of the river guys made a joke because I was trying to encourage my sister to jump off this clip and I was like, "Don't think and and <laughs> just jump." <laughs> and one of the river guides goes that's exactly he goes that's why we do what we do because we don't think ever we don't know how to like we're stupid and, like he made that joke like, <laughs> oh like my God, we don't have amazing. anything in our brains <laughs> it's
1: amazing how it's scary like, oh no go ahead oh no i was just gonna say it reminded me of the the is it called the river wild that meryl streep yeah meryl streep kevin bacon Oh, yeah. Oh, I've seen classic. it many times. Classic. classic. We joked
3: about it constantly. We were like, like
1: who are we going to kill? if we Yeah. Who's got a knife? Oh, yeah. tr- <laughs> I, I,
2: I'm going to rent that tonight. Can you do it? I don't know it oh. costs money. But Erin, the other thing I was going to say was you said something about it's not going to be the hill you're going to die on. I feel like hill I'm going to die on is having a moment where I am and I'm not trying to put you down for using it. Now I'm afraid it's going to sound like I am. I'm Do not saying I have to log that. off or? Okay. Oh All right, we're back. I feel like I'm hearing it everywhere. Are you guys also hearing it everywhere? Or is it that thing where now that I'm aware of it, I'm like just noticing it?
3: I think it might be you just noticing it because I've heard that my whole life.
2: Probably. Yeah. Yes. I feel like I've heard it. Is it him, like, like a Trump like Suddenly. I no, no, I don't think so. No. Oh, oh, sorry. Maybe it is. I was going to say,
1: maybe the mask, I, I think I've heard that, maybe I said it, and that's not a phrase I normally say, maybe because I think it's been used a lot of, like, Trump not wearing a mask, I apologize for saying his name, uh, <laughs> is, is, why would you die, you know, is that the hill right. you're going to die on? Maybe yeah, I've seen it, it online a lot, because it's like it. people yes. fighting over really
3: petty, or seemingly right. petty things, and like, oh, is this really the hill you're going to die on? So I've, it's definitely yeah. in, in conjunction with that conversation.
2: Right, maybe, but I've also seen it like, um, you know, Back to the Future 2 was better than Back to the Future, and yes, I will die on this hill. It's almost, like, meme so maybe it's that. Sarah, how um, scary was the cliff diving?
3: Oh, it was awful. Like, I I was just like, there's no way my legs aren't going to break. Like, because they were like, jump right there. See that little, and I'm like, why does it have to be so specific? Like, why can't I just jump? (laughs) Should be safe all around. You know, you're used to pools where it's like, as long as you're over here in the deep end, this was like, jump right there. And I was like, oh, God. How Um, far up was it? Well, the first jump was, we did two. The first jump was eight feet. And the second one was 15. (sighs) The 15 footer was really scary. And Ross and I talked about it when I was writing the book. And it was like part of the reason it was scarier. I mean other than the height is that this the first one was into like a side canyon where it had like water little pools of like emerald water and it was like really beautiful and shallow around so you just you were just a little more protected I guess and the second one was directly into the river and so mm-hmm. there was a lot going on when you got into the water that you had to deal with and get over to the side quickly and um and then when you hit the water with that much and I was someone never went on the high dive I, I couldn't do it. It was too scary to me. Um, and so this was just a lot for me to handle. And then you go in the water and you just hit it with such force that you're under there for too long. Like it just yeah. doesn't feel right. And it's, we were like, this is what we were like. What was scary about it is that when you're, when you're, when you hit that bottom place in the water, the deepest you're going to go, it's so, you can just, even with your eyes closed, you can tell how dark it is and cold it just felt like a grave like i was just like get me out of here and you're just like <laughs> to the top like no 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 like you just something's going to grab you and like oh god just absolute i'm look at me i'm itching myself thinking and about it i know it. i'm grabbing my arm like please stop yeah it was really scary but um you <laughs> yeah, know I afterwards you be, yeah afterwards you get out and you're like
2: oh, yeah. Yeah, apparently that's how natural childbirth is too. And I have not experienced that. And I don't want to either. But they're like I, I'm I feel invincible. Um Tony, have you done any of this stuff?
0: I have I've jumped off a cliff in uh into the ocean in Hawaii. Yeah. I I loved it. I I I get everything you're saying, but I kind of did the uh just don't think about it, just do it. I just got <laughs> up there and then jumped off and I loved I might have even went right back up and did it again. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. This was a while ago, but yeah, I I loved it.
2: The the only times in my life I've used the like don't think about it, just do it, were like when I was really drunk, and I'm like, I'm just gonna call that guy. I'm not gonna think about it. I'm just gonna do it. Like I've never used it for anything impressive or good. It's only been for bad decisions. Um, I'm just gonna
3: tweet this inflammatory thing, (laughs) stuff like that.
2: Just don't think about it. Just push send. Just don't think uh, about it. Trump's doing a good job. Don't
1: think about <laughs> it. Just it's <just>, it.
2: <laughs> um, let's do some just me or everyone, but first I want to welcome the new Patreon people. Craig, Elisa- Elizabeth Joseph, and Jared. Hello, and thank you. Again, Patreon Patreon. Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Rosen is where you go. Okay, let's do just me or everyone. Sometimes I wonder yeah. on something I have thought or done is it just me or everyone okay people write in with things they think or do and they wonder is it just me or is it everyone and we let them know if we also do these things and if you would like to submit a just me or everyone tweet it to ariymbf that stands for alice Rosen's new best friend and use the hashtag jmoe Okay, Eric says, whenever the grocery store stops carrying something I frequently buy, I think, I guess I was the only person who ever bought that. I don't know if I think that. Usually I think like, oh man, did they just discontinue this?
0: I can't even think of a time that that's happened for me. Say it
2: again? Uh, When the grocery store stops carrying something he frequently buys, he thinks, I guess I was the only person who ever bought that.
3: I think it's like a special secret that certain people know about. And that's why it keeps selling out.
0: Mm. Like right now,
3: Diet Dr. Pepper, really hard to find. I don't know why. Like I literally went on Amazon and it was like $75 for a 12 pack. And I was like, shit, DDP fans, we are
1: elite.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I heard something a while ago that like was happening to, this is going to be such a frost. This is like the first draft of your book, Sarah. It's vague. Um, (laughs) Something happened with like the carbonation or the plant that does carbonation. I don't know. That was, that was affecting soda. This is a few months ago though. But like I said, I don't know the details, but there is something going on with soda. Pandemic has really fucked things up. Yeah. But remember when it was toilet paper that we were all worried about? Yeah. I'm still worried. (laughs) I'm still (laughs) worried. I
1: think that guy was probably shopping at Trader Joe's, right? Doesn't that happen every two weeks? You go, where was that? The lemon bars, and then Mm -hmm. the next, then you think, uh, oh, next time I see them, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy all of them Mm -hmm. because they're gonna go. And then you go, I gotta take it down a notch.
2: (laughs) There was a special kind of milk that I used to buy in New York. It was by Hood, and that's a dairy farm, I guess, and it was called carb count first it was called calorie countdown and then it was called carb countdown and it was like the special low-cal, low carb milk that i that tasted so good and the store would frequently not have it so i got them to special order it for me <laughs> and i remember thinking like look at me making this town my own i got a relationship with my grocer it's very sad <laughs> it's very very sad that i was so proud of like myself making inroads in this new town <laughs> okay Lisa Pearl says, think it's creepy when a grown woman calls her father daddy. Parentheses. I've had the TV on while working from home and have observed this on friends and that girl. Yuck. Um, Sarah, do you call your dad, daddy? I call him dad. Yeah. Okay. We'll call, and we also
3: call him granddaddy, but that's what the kids call him. hmm. So, but yeah, I, I don't know if I, I don't, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think I've called him daddy since I was a little kid. Probably.
2: Yes, I've always I I agree with Lisa. I've always been a little bit like, hmm, when I hear adults calling their dad daddy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If I was ever dating any
1: woman that said daddy, I'd be like, this isn't. We had a good run. Uh, <laughs> it it just it's. I it's don't too know. Too much. I guess. I, it but do you on the person, call, But
3: Allison, do you refer to your husband as daddy around the kid? Like. I the do, name yes. changes, yeah. That, my mom called our dad Daddy, but we wouldn't call him Dad once right. we got to adults. So she would still refer to him as Daddy. would be like, oh, Daddy's coming home soon. I gotta get it cleaned up. You know, and then we would refer
2: to him as Dad. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: That's fine. My, that feels safe. Yeah, that's different. I don't know.
2: Yeah. yeah. My three-year-old occasionally calls me Mom. And I'm like, isn't this early for, <laughs> for me to stop with Mommy? <laughs> <laughs> He'll Aww. call me Mom. And then he also just recently has started like pushing me away if I try to kiss him. It seems too young. It's too young. I've got Thankfully, I have a a one year old who lets, you know, Mm. he doesn't even, he barely calls me anything. He's barely talking now. So I got, I've got some time with him, but I feel like Elliot is just get, is tired of me too fast. Um, Okay. Oh, a, a timely soda tweet. Alan White says, "I prefer the taste of club soda over water because it tastes like something instead of just tasting like water." Yes,
0: I don't drink soda anymore. I just drink water or club soda, sparkling water, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I uh, that was kind of my the way I stopped drinking. It was kind of like this kind of feels like soda, but there's yeah. it's way better. When I'm for trying you. to
3: cut back, seltzer water helps, but not fruity kinds.
0: Yeah. Plain yep. seltzer
3: helps. If you like, like, a Coke or a Diet Coke or any of that, plain seltzer is better because it's not as sweet. Like, sugary, like, fruity seltzer does not hit the same
1: mm-hmm. note
3: for me. It has to cut. Like, I want to feel like my entire throat is being cut up by those bubbles. <laughs> I agree. You know what I mean? What I don't I'm want soft right fizz. Yeah.
1: I embarrassingly enough, just discovered LaCroix maybe four months ago. I know. I know. I mean, obviously I'd heard about like whatever. I just, (laughs) I was like, nah, cause I, I like you, Sarah, like I love Coke and I like plain seltzer, but, um, my partner's really into LaCroix, like the, you know, the grapefruit, which I won't discuss the name cause it's so funny. Um, and then the tangerine and now I can't, I can't stop. Now I'm up to like three, four
2: a day. That's great, though. That's like getting into Breaking Bad, like after the series has already ended. You've got so many seasons. Did Breaking Bad have a ton of seasons? It's like you can binge it. There's so many flavors. Right? Yeah. I'm going to...
1: You've got a whole world. world. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, So now now let's hit the lime. Let's (laughs) party.
2: (laughs) I can't get into LaCroix. I just can't. I know that I'm the only one.
0: Do you drink soda?
2: Yeah, I drink uh, these signature select. Like this oh, is a yeah, cranberry raspberry flavored sparkling water, but it's a little sweeter than it's. It's no calorie, but it's sweeter than than Mcroy because it's yeah. Got I don't like it so sweeter. sweet. Mm-mm. Unfortunately, I do. Um, okay, Mary says I. Th- think relationships are put to the ultimate test when you have to move to a new place together, judging every single one of their possessions. Just me everyone. <laughs> it definitely is a test. When Daniel and I moved in, we were both like, you know, adults who had lived on our own. So we have double of everything. And then there was like a real sort of subtle uh, jockeying for like, whose silverware are we going to keep? Who's, <laughs> whose bed are we going to keep? Who's this? Who's that? so yeah
3: it's hard when one person moves into another person's pre-established space too because you got to make space for them and it's like this is my domain you're you can have that little drawer in the corner and that's it
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's in everyone every couple has gone through the you know you you feel so attached to an item and then your partner's like Um, like I had a, I had a New York Giants toaster, which is the coolest thing because (laughs) when the bread pops up, it's like the the logo. (laughs) That's really cool. No, thank you. It is really cool. And she was like, this looks like it belongs in a frat house. If I could show you the stuff that is
3: right around me right now, (laughs) Scott would actually get mad at me. He would legit be mad. But, um, but you could tell us. It's a lot of He-Man stuff. Uh, G.I. (laughs) Joe's. I mean, he. We've dealt our, we have dealt with this a lot. It's very normal, but like me judging and making fun of his, uh, I call them dolls. Um, <laughs> he doesn't like that. Um, <laughs> but we've learned how to like, c- the, the good news is with him is that he is an artist and he like can, he has design eye. So like he'll build a little shelf for them. That's like the coolest thing you've ever seen. And he arranges them in a way that's like aesthetically pleasing. So I, I'm fine with it. And then in Christmas time, he makes a little diorama of like awesome. Star Wars Christmas where he makes the that's little cool. props and like, I mean, it's pretty fucking amazing. Like, so we, we get along that way, but I do make fun of him. I've told him that like in my, that if he ever pushed me to my limit where I was like so fucking mad at him, I would take his action figures and like set them on fire or like i've never threatened it but i've been like you know like after the fact after we've calmed down i've been like i was so fucking mad i wanted to go in the room and like take some of your stuff and like throw it out the window or like i'm like that sometimes i fantasize about doing that if i'm really mad at him does he
2: have more stuff than you um yeah
3: he he so we call this little place i'm sitting in we call it cube smart because back in New York, we had a storage unit because we had no storage in our apartment in New York. And we had a storage unit for a bunch of stuff that we yeah. had um, that we didn't have room for. And it was at a place called CubeSmart. And so we call this CubeSmart because <laughs> it's the same stuff. Um, but he, when we were moving, I was like, we got to go to CubeSmart and get this stuff out. And he kept being really weird about it. And he was just like, uh, when are you going? And like, I'm going to I need to go over there. And like he was so later he revealed to me that he was so afraid I was going to see this like elaborate He-Man castle that he had <laughs> bought. And he didn't want me to know that he had it because I mean, it is like it's like three feet tall. The thing is so fucking big. And it was like a replica of the one he had when he was little. Mm. And it's like in a box. And he was like, it, it just I didn't want you to see it because I knew you were going to make fun of me. And I was just like, oh, yeah. but i will say now when we have nieces and nephews come over he gets that shit out and he's the most popular uncle in the family like he i bet he does well with the kids
2: (laughs) aaron when we last talked you were talking about how you were thinking of like maybe murray condoing
1: oh jesus
2: uh it was it was it was like a year ago or so yeah the
1: what I did it I did it cuz I moved and it was the greatest it was seriously a a game changer not to sound dramatic but it really mm-hmm. was I I didn't know when you have more space like I lived in New York City my whole life and then I found this place in in Silver Lake and it was like two bedroom one and a half bath you know up down it felt like a condo two car garage and so you're like well I have stuff so you know you mean I have space so then you just get more stuff. And um, and I had every comedy notebook that I've ever written in, in boxes, in the garage. Because you have a garage. When, what do I have in a garage? It's like a dream, you know? <laughs> so then you just, you know, you just accumulate. And then um, I was living with my sister for a couple of years, and she's like a pack rat. We had old family stuff. We're like, oh, just put it in the garage. And then we moved. I moved in with my partner, and she moved in with her Her boyfriend. And, uh, we started to go through this stuff and it was, it was amazing. I just just, I just, something clicked over and I was like, I'm going to get rid of it all. Um, my partner was like, get rid of it all. And, um, (laughs) so, um, I was like, you know, I'm just going to like get rid of it all, you know, I'm just going to become like a real minimalist. (laughs) and um but when i started throwing stuff away it really was i i threw a couple comedy notebooks away and i thought well if i'm gonna throw those away like i'll just start throwing stuff away you know and it and then then it becomes like i'm gonna throw everything i own away it was amazing i don't know it was so freeing and so like right now my stuff and her stuff is in a storage unit, not a big storage unit in L.A. And it, we, I have a suitcase. That's all I have. And it's—and again, we'll live together and accumulate some stuff. But like, it, I don't know. I feel like it's so freeing. I, once I started, I couldn't stop.
2: I want to go dig through the trash and get your comedy notebooks in case you ever want them one day. <laughs> yeah I'm but i don't, say like
1: i made peace with it no. you know I, I really did i just felt like i'm like
3: looking I, at bins of like my old notebooks and yeah it's hard stuff
1: but it was t- you know i'd had it for like 18 years and i'm like now i'm good you know like i have my albums that's feels like very sweet and close to my heart and now i'm gonna move on
2: yeah Sarah, do you ever go – I mean, I imagine for the book you went back and looked at old stuff. But aside from that, would you ever go back and look at old comedy notebooks? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I look
3: back at old stuff all the time because I'm, I'm a, just like an archivist and a historian. I like scrapbooks and I like – I mean, I don't, I don't have a lot of scrapbooks. I'm not like a scrapbooker. Okay, let's be real. I'm a crafter, but I'm not a scrapbooker. There's a difference. <laughs> um, and I like – you know, I, I've been good at organizing so that if I want that experience of looking back at some stuff, I have like little books or binders of things from different parts of my life that are like readily available upstairs that I can like open up and be like, Oh my God, this is from early in my career. These are the things I saved because I thought they were so important at the time. And it's really like heart wrenching sometimes to see that stuff. And like, Mm -hmm. I feel like, usually it just brings me joy and it actually makes me feel better about if I'm having anxiety about my career. I just look back on these things, these little clippings. I like if I would get listed in timeout New York, like just my mm-hmm. name in the lineup of a show it meant <laughs> yeah. so much to me. And, um, just little things like that. I look back and I, it makes me, God, I've come so far. I've done so much and so many of my dreams have come true. And if I'm feeling down, that helps me. Um, And you can scan stuff. I mean, I have a whole Dropbox with just like so much stuff scanned in. And, um, I love that. I like the process of it.
2: I'm like you in terms of hanging on to stuff, but completely unlike you in terms of organization, in that, like, my shit's just like my life is like a cloud. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's just like I I, none of it is actually I don't I don't I shouldn't have said that because I don't really know how a cloud works. But all I mean what I mean to say is like everything is somewhere (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I have not gone through it very well. Um, Sorry, I do have to say to Sarah's
1: point, the cool thing was what I kept, like what I what what I chose to to keep because it was over a period of like there was every weekend for like like six weekends you know so i went through the notebooks Mm -hmm. and i i did keep a couple you know but you you pick things that that symbolize a time yeah Yeah. Yeah. that that gives you that feeling, yeah yeah and going through that i i i literally cried six weekends in a row i was like oh my god and then that memory like it was it was a really i don't know it was like a wonderful kind of period of time because i And then I kept, you know, certain pictures and had those memories and found my, you know, pictures of grandparents. I don't know. It was really such a sweet uh, process. And I did keep, of course, um, you know, stuff that meant the most to me. And now I look back on those couple boxes and I was like then I can go back in. Like you said, it's cool to go back in and revisit that those times. And you
3: want it to be organized and pared down because otherwise it's too overwhelming and it's so stressful. And and if you have it pared down, it's like, Oh, I opened my little magic box of things that make me feel good. And then I can put it away. And and that's, that's nice.
2: Yeah. You guys are inspiring me to clean up. I'm not going to do it, but I feel inspired too. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right and lastly and this is a t- uh, just me or everyone that deals with organization Jax in Boston says does anyone else organize the paper money in their wallets by face value and ensure they are all facing the same way or is that just me I do that you do yeah. do you like and so you organize it by denomination wait is that what he said organize it by denomination
0: mm-hmm. I, that's how I, I do that it anyways
2: yeah oh, sorry he said by face value <laughs> yeah so you do and do you I see I do it
3: sometimes,
2: and then it usually
3: ends up getting messed up. But I'll do it so that I can quickly get to the money I need, mm-hmm. and I know right. where it is in the stack. Yep. I mean, it's like one one dollar bill, and then several hundreds. Of that's course. usually <laughs>
2: <laughs> same. Um, yeah. If I'm, I think if I'm counting it, that's like the only time I'll be organized. Generally, it's I'm just a messy person no I'm with you Allison I, I want to say yes
1: my wallet looks fantastic but it's a it's a shit show it's it, it's something like when I go oh god this is bad I'll undo the bills and then you mm-hmm. go oh my god a mm-hmm. 10 joy <laughs> and then you'll stick in it, you stick know, it whatever but yeah I,
3: I should I remember my brother showing me the trick he's like here's what you do he's like when, when you kind of like open your wallet to pay for something what you do is you put the hundred on top and then everything behind it is once. So it looks like you're like loaded, but really you just have one $100
2: bill.
1: <laughs> you sound like Jackie Cation's father. Do you ever see stand up <laughs> when she talks about her dad? Is the greatest thing. That is such a Jackie Cation yeah. dad thing. All right, I, I, he must be a lot like my brother then. <laughs> oh my God. It's awesome.
2: Um, I was going to end the show, but I have to ask you guys one more question. So uh, Sarah, reading your book, you you're one of four kids and it made me really I I think I've kind of romanticized this idea of having a big family um I I'm too old to have another kid so I'm not gonna have another one but I've started like part of quarantine for me has been realizing like oh maybe I did want another one which is weird because I thought I only ever wanted two but I have this this idea that somehow like a bunch of kids like you guys form this big unit and you all have each other's backs and it's i don't know like somehow that seems like special to me and i know that aaron you have two sisters tony i forget how many siblings you have
0: i have two sisters also
2: okay so everyone here comes from plus two siblings like what was this is such a big question to be ending with but um i don't know do do you have thoughts on having having come from Uh, a big family with many siblings Um, anyone i mean
3: (laughs) it's like it is like that i mean it depends on the family i think like my family my siblings were all really close still and um you know but we have our like conflicts and stuff and it makes things more complicated there's a lot more opinions involved whenever you're doing something um and now they all have kids so we just had a like just the idea of us all going on a vacation, our annual vacation this year was such an ordeal for months of planning, discussing how are we going to do it safely? We don't want to give this thing up. It's the most important thing to us. And there was like 13 kids in the house. Cause some of the kid, the older kids brought friends and it was just like, it was chaos. I mean, mm-hmm. but it was so cool to all be together and be this big clan. Um, I guess I shouldn't say the word clan, a bunch of white people, but we're um, <laughs> you're a, you're a big pod (laughs) um and uh we were you know but it also you know it can like be you can get lost in the shuffle sometimes growing up i think Mm -hmm. that's what i'll say about it
2: yeah i've thought about that a lot i've thought even if i could have another kid i feel like owen would get would be very middle child there'd be middle child syndrome for him because like he just got here no. <laughs> so, I don't know. What about you, Aaron? I know you're really close with your sisters.
1: Um yeah, well one of them is my twin. So it's a it, you know that changes the dynamic, but my twin is um you know having a twin. I I, I mean I can't make this up. It's the greatest thing about my life, you know, mm-hmm. is my twin. I mean, she's and my partner. <laughs> um, and uh no she's amazing um and i don't she's literally kept me sane throughout all of this and i'm going to have to uh, court her for the rest of my life um but uh yeah my you know having a twin it's you know it's it's, it's cliche but it really is like built in best friend forever uh but i had an older sister and Um, she's fantastic, but it's just so fun for my twin and I to like, just make fun of her on a constant loop and she, and just (laughs) tease her, uh, you know, nonstop. And, uh, but she, you know, I don't know. She was just like, you know, she's an amazing older sister and, uh, I feel so incredibly lucky. We did, we had a very small family, like outside of that, you know, so I think it really kind of bonded us, uh. But yeah, I mean, two's great, three's great. I can't imagine having four, you know what I mean? Just from a mom perspective, but Mm -hmm. from a, a, you know, I'm so thankful I have two. Tony,
0: growing
2: up with your Thaxton pod?
0: Yeah. uh, Well, my sisters are like six and seven years older than me. And uh, so they, and then one of them is, uh, had a boyfriend pretty young and was like kind of gone a lot with him and then yeah the other yeah i just kind of they weren't around a ton and then uh my family moved well i moved with my parents to virginia when i was starting high school and then uh my sisters were old older and they didn't move with us so like Mm. i am like somewhere in the middle of that
2: so that's interesting you have like a big family and also sort of you were an only child
0: yeah there's like two phases to it yeah yeah
2: Well, there you go. You guys, thank you so much. It was so nice catching up with both of you. Um, If you like what you're hearing, subscribe, download, tell a friend, um, smash that subscribe button, hit those five stars, leave us a nice review. I read them on the show sometimes. Uh, And follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Allison Rosen and listen to my other podcasts that I do with Greg Fitzsimmons, Childish. And Sarah, where can we find you and uh, plug your book? Um, my book. Oh, no, sorry. It, plug anything you'd like to plug. Okay. <laughs> yes, thank you so much for having me. This was wonderful. Um,
3: uh, I have my book coming out on August 11th, Grand, and you can get it anywhere where books are sold. And there's an audio book <laughs> as well and an ebook So, however you get your books, get it, please. For the get love it. of fucking God, <laughs> I put I too much work to into it. it.
2: It's so good. Thank you, um, Aaron. What about you? Where can we find you? What should they check out? Um, I don't have a book
1: out, but I will be buying Sarah's book. Um, so you can find me reading Sarah's book online. I'll post some photos. Uh, all my <laughs> stuff's really on Uh I would say uh, if you have pop TV or Netflix, watch one day at a time. Because write on. I wrote on season four and we're trying to hopefully get it picked up for season five. Uh so that's that plug and I will I'm going to start stand up again and talk about my dad's funeral which sounds bad but it was hilarious um because I think he was probably floating above us uh giving me material um <laughs> and I'll post whatever Zoom shows are on uh, Aaron K Foley so that's plenty and thank you for it was just, it was so good to see everybody You've, yeah. I'm in Naples in a random Condo, so it's so lovely to see people.
2: <laughs> We're probably the youngest people aside from your partner you've seen in a while. You guys right? all look great. You really, your skin, <laughs> everything,
1: you look, you're look, you killing it.
0: Tony? Uh, just at Tony Thaxton, Twitter and Instagram, and my podcast, Bizarre Albums.
2: Thank you guys so much. This was really fun. Um, all right. Thank you, everyone, listeners. Thank you. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the
0: Allison and show? Time, but now we gotta go.
1: Yeah, Allison Rosie.